Welcome to the Music Ed Forward podcast, transforming students, teachers, and communities through music education. My name is Nissa Brown from Music Ed Forward, musicedforward.com. You can follow Music Ed Forward on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, a lot's happened since the last podcast. I thank each one of you who have subscribed and been loyal listeners so far, as well as those of you who have just popped in for whichever episodes uh, have inspired you. Um, I hope the podcast continues to support and inspire your work. Uh, We certainly are in this together. I'm truly in awe of the incredible humanity that has surfaced during this pandemic among music teachers, and I see you. You are truly, truly remarkable. While 2020 has become almost a curse word, wait, did I say almost? (laughs) But seriously, there's no way around it. 2020 has been absolutely excruciating in so many ways. And I've also learned so much from this year. I didn't want to learn all of it. I would not have chosen to learn things this way. And for the most part, I didn't like it. There, I said it. I didn't like it. And I know I'm not alone in that. But I'm all about learning and 2020 is certainly not going to take that away from me. These next three podcasts will be very real, uh, personal, and professional look at what I've learned in 2020, and of course I'd love to hear what you've learned as well. We got through this year because of one another, and while I hope that 2021 brings lots of new and wonderful changes, our reliance on one another for support will remain the same. In fact, that very real connection that we've established and nurtured in 2020 has been one of the greatest blessings of this year in my experience. So that having been said, let's dive into episode five of the podcast. Episode five, what 2020 taught me, part one, I can do things differently. Before we dive into the heart of the podcast, I want to say that I see you. Uh, I see how hard this has been. I see your daily struggles of what to teach and how to teach it. I see you wishing you could connect with your beloved students more and more authentically through music making. I see that loss, the loss of community made visible and felt viscerally through music making. I see the ways you've overworked, tried to stop overworking, only to feel that you haven't had real balance or equilibrium since early 2020, and for some of us, maybe before that as well. (laughs) I see the fear and apprehension about whether you'll be teaching in person, hybrid, online, or covering someone else's class because music will be canceled in favor of another subject. I see you spending your own money on resources to save your sanity and to offer students the best we can in these unreal times. I see you sharing what you've learned generously and offering gratitude for what others share. I see you putting on a brave face during online learning and shedding tears when you step away from your computer. I see you trying to take care of yourself and feeling like there isn't enough fill in the blank some days to help you bounce back to feeling like your previous teacher self. I see you loving on your friends and your family harder than you ever have because we take less for granted than we did a year ago. And I see your hope for the new year and the new beginnings and the new possibilities, even though you know we aren't through this pandemic yet. I see your hope and I trust that you see mine. Your hope and my hope are what will continue to bind us together and bring us through this next stretch, the beginning of 2021. 
breathe into the hope and connect it with mine. We are doing this and we'll continue to do it together. The heart of this episode is some reflections on what 2020 taught me in regards to my teaching. I've outlined five things I know I can do differently now. And 2020 has been quite a teacher. Each of these has been outlined as, quote, I can teach differently, dot, 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 unquote. I've watched so many teachers uh, as we compare ourselves to our pre-pandemic teaching. We compare ourselves to one another, uh, or we compare ourselves with what we've been taught to value as it's outlined in our methodological or pedagogical roots. And if 2020 has taught me anything, it's that we have to do things differently. So there are five of these I can teach differently. And let's dive into the first. Number one, I can teach differently now than I did before COVID. In some ways, this is a no-brainer because we've experienced how differently we have to teach now than before COVID, at least for for most of us. Um, There are parts of the world where music teaching and and life in general has returned to uh, a relative normal, actually. But those places are in the minority. So giving ourselves permission and acknowledging I can teach differently now than I did before COVID. And not just that I can, but I should. Our students are not in the same space They're not uh, in the same readiness to learn. They don't have the same readiness that, say, previous third graders or previous 10th graders would have. They may or may not remember what they've learned. Um, All of our brains are struggling with all the things that we're processing during the pandemic. Uh, Students' worlds look different, just like ours do. And any curriculum that we planned before this pandemic deserves a careful look because not one of us is the same. And what any grade level uh, or ensemble or student did in any course this year will be very, very likely different than what it was that previous students, say, in last year's course were ready for. So for instance, third graders at this time in the year last year are ready for different things than this year's third graders because hello spring of 2020 (laughs) right where everything was different and for most of us the fall has also been different so I can teach differently now than I did before COVID and as a matter of fact I have to it's the only way to be responsive to my students and to the world number two I can teach differently than I did last spring or at the beginning of this school year What I did in the spring or in the fall earlier this year might or might not work. It might or might not be best practice as I currently understand it, as I currently uh, employ the technologies uh, that are available to me that maybe weren't available before or I didn't know about or I didn't know how to use. Um, I might see that my students respond to uh, a particular approach now differently than they would have in the spring. I might have a different schedule. Uh, I might be teaching different students, ages, levels, class sizes, uh, different configurations of students. Number three, I can teach differently than my mentors and my college professors taught me to teach. And this is a big one for us. You know, we are so indebted to the people who have raised us up. We are so indebted to the people whose shoulders we stand on. And 
I think that should continue. I very, very much honor all of the people who have helped instill in me what I value and have spent hours and hours and emotional energy and kindness and compassion. They've instilled all of that in me so that I can offer it forward. And this idea of I can teach differently than my mentors and college professors taught me to teach is not out of disrespect. It's actually out of the ultimate respect and responsiveness to our students. But it requires us to grapple a little bit with with our values and what we have been taught to value. So we hold ourselves to the standards that our mentors have helped us formulate. And that's not necessarily good or not necessarily bad. Uh, depends on what was offered and, and how it impacts our students. But we are shaped by those uh, with whom we choose to study. They, they're the ones who taught us how to teach. Some of those traditions go back a long way, and there's so much power in tradition, especially when that tradition uh, continues to be empowering to our students. Um, however, many of our methodologies never conceived of a pandemic. They never conceived of the world that we currently lived in, live in, and they never conceived of the central role of technology and learning that we have right now. So one of the things that 2020 has taught me is to as much as possible, without introducing any toxic positivity, because nobody needs that, that when I can get grounded, when I can get centered, that there's an opportunity here, right in the middle of these struggles and the difficulties of this pandemic, in this week, in this day, in this class. And I think it's really important that we are not constantly comparing ourselves with who we think we should be because it's how we learned how to teach and feeling bad about that. Like I'm not doing this and I feel like a bad teacher. I'm not doing what my mentors taught me to do and I feel like a bad teacher because if we're feeling like a bad teacher, we're not able to be present for our students and we're not able to really show up in the way that would allow us to be responsive to their needs. And I'm not suggesting that we completely change our values I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we abandon all of the things, uh, the processes, the methodologies, the, the frameworks that we've been given. Far from it. I'm suggesting that, especially in this moment in time, or these moments which seem to be going on longer than any of us had hoped, that we really look at the big picture and we say, what is it that my kids need now? And how is it that uh, how I was taught can inform that, but not be limiting so that idea of really, really showing up for our students, not letting go of our values, but also opening our hearts and our minds and just saying, hey, kids, what do you need? What do you need from me now? And how can I be responsive? Even if that looks completely different than my teaching has ever looked before. So number three, I can teach differently than my mentors and my college professors taught me, not out of disrespect for anyone, but out of ultimate respect for the students who are within my care. Number four, and this is a big one, I can teach differently than I see other people online teaching. And I think when I say that, I mean we see people coming up with these amazing uh, things on social media, on blogs, on uh, their YouTube channels, on Teachers Pay Teachers, and those are wonderful. 
where they stop being wonderful is when we use them as ways to compare ourselves with other people. Um, because in that way, comparison is really one of the worst forms of, of disrespect. And we all do it, myself included. So this I can teach differently than I see other people doing online teaching or doing hybrid teaching. Again, it's not out of any uh, resistance or out of any um, dismissing even of the hard work that other people have put into things. It's really out of respect for our students and out of respect for ourselves that we say, how is it that what people are offering online, how is it that what we see on social media, how is it that what we see on Teachers Pay Teachers, how is it that what we see on uh, people's YouTube channels can meet my students exactly where they're at instead of saying, wow, I don't feel like a good teacher because I don't know how to do that. Thank goodness for our super tech-savvy teachers. They have been our guides through this pandemic. And I certainly don't consider myself a technophobe or anything along those lines. But there are people for whom technology is their bag. And those folks have absolutely led the way. And immense gratitude. Thank you so much for stepping forward. A reminder is that, you know, just like social media is, is you know, what we see on social media can be people's highlight reels. What we see on social media of what folks are teaching is also the highlight reel, right? We don't see that really difficult conversation uh, with an administrator when somebody posts this like sparkling, beautiful YouTube video. Um, we don't see how a teacher feels like they, they failed a student or weren't able to connect with a student in the way that they wanted to earlier that day when later that same day they post this absolutely uh, gorgeous tech research, resource on, uh, on social media. Right, so we need to also remember that um, this online teaching, what we're seeing about people's online teaching, is also a highlight reel because this isn't easy for any of us. Teaching's not about technology, although technology has been a vital tool, of course, for many, many, many people. Um, always with the the reminder that there are some students that still don't have access to the technology that would help them learn, right? And also some teachers don't. But teaching isn't about technology. It's about students and what students learn and how we help them learn. So again, I think it comes back to when we think I can teach differently than I see other people online teaching is to keep our students at the center, right? Hold the needs of our students at the center and accept with a deep well of gratitude the offerings of other people. Looking at it from the perspective of how can these incredible offerings, these incredible things that people create really serve our students and that we really only choose to use bright, sparkly, beautiful, well-crafted, technology-full resources if they are the wisest for our students and if they are well-timed curricularly for students as well. So yes, 2020 has taught me that I can teach differently than the way I see other people online teaching. Number five, I can teach differently than the unrealistic picture I've created in my head about the kind of teacher I should be. So this is number five and maybe maybe the, the biggest, 
and perhaps the most challenging block uh, for many of us in uh, moving forward um, in a way that feels doable with uh, with pandemic teaching, whether it's online, hybrid, or face-to-face. I think we can hold a picture in our minds um, about how we should be a teacher. What's the kind of teacher I should be? And we hold ourselves to that picture. But this whole idea of the kind of teacher we should be is different than any other period in time. So it's like we've created, for many of us, I think, this unrealistic picture. If I could just do this and this and this and this, then I would be a good teacher. And I think we can do that pre-pandemic and post-pandemic as well. But I think especially now, we're really calibrating what is it that my students really need? Who is it that they really need me to be? And it's less than a year old in terms of navigating this, right? I think we feel uh, less effective than we have before. And we have a whole different set of restrictions that have been given to us as well. And those pieces can play into this, yeah, but I should be like that. I shouldn't be like I am. I should be like that. That unrealistic picture that I've created in my mind. And not only can you teach differently than that picture or that story, or can I teach differently than, or, than that picture or that story, but we almost certainly have to. Almost none of us have been here before, right? This is new territory. Feels older and older by the day, certainly. Uh, and most of us have never taught in the context that we currently find ourselves in. And I keep that open-ended because, you know, we can be face-to-face one day and online the next and vice versa. Um, so even that, this whole flipping thing, you know, if, if, if we've been in teaching for a while, we know that, you know, we go to our school every single day, most of us. We have the same routine and we've gotten used to that. Some of us even thrive on it. So this whole uncertainty right? This uncertainty, am I teaching face-to-face? Am I teaching hybrid? Am I going to, are we going to flip to to online learning? That uncertainty in and of itself uh, is, um, is a variable that can play into this unrealistic picture we have of ourselves, right? We just, maybe we get in the groove of face-to-face teaching and then all of a sudden, you know, we feel like, okay, well, I I can do the, I can do the face-to-face thing. And then we flip to online and then we have this picture of like overnight, all of a sudden we should flip into being an incredibly uh, efficient, responsive, tech-savvy online teacher again when everybody's shuffling everything again. So what if we changed our narrative? What if we changed the story? And we said something like, instead of um, holding ourselves to this unrealistic picture that we've created in our heads about the kind of teacher we should be during the pandemic, what if we said to ourselves, of course that didn't go as I had planned. It was a brand new thing that I tried. Or, of course I missed a step when teaching that. I've never taught this concept in this manner before. Or we could say, of course that didn't work because the technology didn't work. I don't need to say anything more about that, whether we're face-to-face hybrid or online, right? So next time something doesn't go as planned, try using this of course. Just give yourself permission. No unrealistic pictures, no unrealistic stories about who you should be. Of course, of course. And then at the beginning of your thinking, using that of course, 
and then try to congratulate yourself for trying something new for the probably millionth time this week. So if you say something like, "Uh, of course I missed a step when teaching that, I've never taught this concept in this manner before, but I went for it and I tried it and I know what to do differently next time. Right? So we give ourselves the permission, of course, and then we just say, hey, it's okay. It has to be okay. And congratulate yourself for trying something new. So this is our current reality, and it's not unique to me, and it's not new, unique to you at all. We are right there with you. We are in this together. So in addition to this of course narrative, the other mantra, if you will, that has gotten me through is the mantra of grace, grace, grace. If there's anything that 2020 has given me the opportunity to frame it positively, to practice, it's grace, grace, grace. So when you miss something that in hindsight seems so obvious, you offer yourself grace, grace, grace. When a student is having a really, really hard time and perhaps making things harder on others, grace, grace, grace. When a colleague didn't show up in the way that you wanted or I wanted, grace, grace, grace. And when the system of how we do things changes yet again, grace, Grace, grace. And then what we feel, when we feel that what we're doing isn't enough. Grace, grace, grace. For most music teachers, I know that grace, grace, grace needs to start with ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves, which is really one of the things that 2020 has I'm going to say taught me, but I think reminded me is probably a more honest representation. So when we remind ourselves of this grace, 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 one of the ways we can offer ourselves that is by reminding ourselves that we can do things differently. And indeed, we are called to do that during this pandemic. Another way to offer ourselves grace is just to say, of course, Of course, of course, that didn't go as planned. Of course, I missed that step of teaching. Of course, I forgot to share my screen or turn my microphone on. And it's, those are two very, very simple ways to offer ourselves grace. What 2020 has also taught me is that, or reminded me probably again is more honest, that that grace has to come to me first because if I'm depleted, if I don't have patience, I can't offer that to anyone else. And so as hard as it is, that reminder that we have to offer ourselves grace and patience first and then it can spill out with love, gratitude and compassion to our students, our colleagues, and of course our families as well, families and friends. So what has 2020 taught me and reminded me? Well, a lot. I can do things differently. I can give myself permission to say, of course, 
and I can offer myself grace, grace, grace. I see you. I see you continuing to figure this all out. And we're figuring it out together. And we will continue to. Next week is part two of this mini-series called What 2020 Has Taught Me. And it's called, I Believe in the Inner Gold. So I hope you'll join me next time, next week. And uh, we will talk about the inner gold. If this podcast interests you today, head on over to musicedforward.com forward slash podcast forward slash five to find some additional resources. If you haven't joined us yet, please head over to the Facebook group and join the e-learning and music education group for countless ideas as well as ongoing support for this very challenging time period that we're currently in. If you want to make sure that you catch the next episode, please remember to, sub- remember to subscribe to the Music Ed Forward podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Until then, let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for joining me for the Music Ed Forward podcast, transforming students, teachers, and communities through music education.